The gospel today speaks directly about authority and the authority of Jesus. His very word, when he commands, he expulses the demons, sending them back to hell. His word has authority, and it's a very important point in our modern world. We have trouble now understanding what is authority. Often in our world today, the authority, for example, of parents is seriously put into question. And the authority of the teacher in school is seriously put into question. And we may pose good reasons or bad reasons for that. But authority in itself is derived from the objective good, that there is really a good, that we're not making it up, that there is a heaven and that there is a hell. That authority that Jesus has is in view of helping you make it to your end, make it to your reason why, make it to that for which you were made, but it's even more than just authority of a parent, because authority of a parent is only an authority if the father or mother is helping their child towards their end, what they are made for as human beings. All the more with Jesus Christ being God made flesh. His authority comes from the fact that he's pointing out the fine point of what you are made for. You're made for more than all of this. God has placed a call on your heart. And unfortunately, I feel as if symbolically, the world around us is putting walls upon walls so that we don't actually listen to anything as an authority. And very rarely do we listen to God as the authority of our soul. And it's as if Because of that, we're running around aimlessly, not knowing who we are and why we're here. Because we no longer see the objective, metaphysical reality of what we're made for. And instead, we want to tell everybody, it's okay, live however you want, just be happy. And in the end, our whole society becomes suicidal because we no longer have a reason why. In thinking of authority, I thought of four stories for you. And they're famous stories. So if you don't know them, you may now know them, so that's great. But you may have heard them many times. But I want to weave through this reality of listening to the authority of God. And the first one is a famous saint, St. Augustine. St. Augustine was, before his conversion, a world-renowned speaker. At that time, we called him rhetorician. He, when he would speak, he would gather crowds and crowds and crowds of people because he spoke so eloquently. He was a far cry from being Christian. He was what we call Manichaeanist, another whole thing. 
And his mother, St. Monica, prayed day in and day out for him that he might encounter God. But his father wasn't really Catholic at all. And there was two different periods. One period where he went and met another great saint and listened to him preach at a service. And that saint was named St. Ambrose, a very important saint in our history. And St. Ambrose, when he spoke, he spoke so eloquently and with such clear authority that it riveted his soul. And he began to wake up. He began to wake up. But there was an even more important moment when he was questioning where he's going and who he is. When he heard little children playing on the other side of the fence, playing one of the games that was a common game in that area of the Roman Empire. And the song that went with the game was Pick It Up and Read. That was part of the lyrics. And he heard it right at the right moment. And he interpreted it as if God was speaking to his soul. And he picked up the scripture, opened it up to a random passage, and it was that passage which changed his whole life, spoke directly in authority to him. Notice there was a prep in the life of St. Augustine, but it was right at the beginning of his life of preaching, and he's changed the entire Western Hemisphere because of it. St. Augustine, after that, led the church. Or another saint. But this one, it was at the end of his life, this story that I'm going to give you. It was St. Thomas Aquinas. St. Thomas Aquinas is one of the most brilliant men to have lived in the West in the last 2,500 years. He's up there. He, and perhaps within sight of the Christian framework, he and Origen, who you may not know about, were two of the most brilliant men to have walked. And St. Augustine, sorry, St. Thomas, he was a little boy, six years old, when his family offered him up to the monastery because he was from a noble family and the first child takes over the nobility and one of the last children goes to the monastery and takes over the authority of church. So they have both authorities in the family. He wasn't agreeing with that when he was older. But when he knocked on the door, they opened the door, his question was, who is God? And it seems like he spent the rest of his life discovering who God was. And he wrote book after book after book. In fact, so brilliant he was that he could have five scribes lined up in a row. And the first scribe, he would dictate one page to. And the second scribe, he'd dictate a different page of a different book, all the way to the fifth book, and then come back and dictate the next page for the first book. And he would write his books that way. But when he was later on in his life, when he was getting a little bit older, he was praying before God in the tabernacle when God spoke to his soul with authority. He thought he was alone, but in fact, there was a, a man hiding, in, well, praying in the back of the church and saw it as he was caught up in ecstasy before God. And 
It was at that moment that he said, I can write no longer. What I have seen of the glory of God makes it seem as if everything I have written is nothing but straw in comparison with God himself. And he spent the last year of his life in silence, and he died after hitting his head on a tree, actually, walking down to a big council in Rome. A third one, St. John of the Cross. He was already on fire, giving his whole life to God, working with St. Teresa of Avila to reform the Carmelites, to come back to the gospel and not to live off of riches. And his brothers weren't happy with him. And so they threw him into the monastic prison. Back in those days, monasteries, they had actually prison cells for the bad brothers. Sometimes I think we should bring it back. And that prison cell held him for, I don't remember how long, it was something like six months or eight months. And during that time, in the midst of agony, and obviously loneliness, but also physical agony that he was going through, God spoke to his soul. And when he finally made it out of the prison, he had written the four, perhaps the four most important poems ever written in Spanish. To this day, he's proclaimed the national poet of Spain because of those four poems. And those four poems, one of which is very, very famous, The Dark Night of the Soul, were the only things he ever really wrote. After that, he just wrote commentaries on them and letters and stuff like that. But this man, after that, went out and preached about the contemplative life, about this love with God, the relationship that we have. And it happened to be that God spoke with authority to his soul while he was in prison. So first one, Augustine, at the beginning. Second one, Thomas, at the end. Third one, John of the Cross, right in the middle. And the fourth one, blessed or saint, Mother Teresa. If you remember her story, she also had to listen to the authority of God. And it was that she had given her life to God already. She was a sister. She was teaching with the sisters of Loreto in Calcutta to one of the best all-girl all private schools in Calcutta, still to this day, it is. And she was teaching history there. She was a model sister when she went on retreat to Darjeeling. And Calcutta, if you've ever been there in the summer, it's really hot. It's really hot. And on top of it, at that time, they didn't have air conditioning. So a lot of the sisters would escape up into the mountains. And she's on the train up in the mountains when she looked out the window and she saw a beggar lying on the, on the side of the train station saying, I thirst. At that moment, she saw that it was Christ saying it. And remember the passage, what you've done to the least of my brothers, you've done it to me. And she saw that it was Christ in the poor. One of my brothers asked her what she experienced at that moment. And she closed her eyes and she said, Father, it was such a powerful experience 
that I can't really put words to it. But at that moment, I encountered Jesus. I encountered Jesus. And it was from that moment on that having heard with the authority of Christ, she got the strength as a little woman, four foot ten, to go out and pick up with her own arms, not her sister's, over 200,000 people off the streets. Amazing woman, tough as nails, but it's because she knew her why. She listened to the authority of God, and she followed it. Now, I don't have a story like that. My life is much more mild than those ones are. But I know that God speaks to me with authority. And I know that he speaks to you with authority too. And the question is, do you listen to it? Or do you allow the world, who is in rebellion against all authority, because it doesn't realize an objective reality of morality and truth, And so do you get blocked by that? And you can't hear his authority. And so let's say a little prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, help us to listen to the words of your Son. Help us to be transformed by his word. Help his authority to direct us to our end, our reason why, which is to see you face to face. Help us to not deny the call. Help us to not run away into hell through our sin. But allow our hearts to be completely consumed by the fire of your love. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.